you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And, uh, oh, wait a minute. I was about <laughs> to say Sweet Victory, but it's not. No, we have the... What do you call Youngblood. them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's D Youngblood and J Mac yes. are on tap, uh, which kind of sounds like you know an an unauthorized like by the Lord uh, rap group. Um, y'all should think about that. I just you know just think about that every now and again. If you're um, going through the pictures in your phone, you well maybe this is not true for everybody. It's true for our kids. Because they don't have phones, so they live vicariously through mine, right? Which is right. taking pictures and editing those pictures and having fun with those pictures. Right. And um, they will return to those pictures and go, oh, this looks like an album cover. <laughs> oh, look, this looks like... And so it'd be neat to see what D. Youngblood and J-Mac do for an album cover. <laughs> you could do that 1990 stand back-to-back. Oh, no, don't do it. Put your, your hand under your chin in the shape of an L. You know Leave that, that one? that in the that, 90s. No, no, let's bring it back. No, no, let's no. make let's make that uh, cheesiness <laughs> great again. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening to the mm. program. Really do appreciate it. I it's so uh, people know that we do video for the show, mm-hmm. um, and we hadn't always done video no. for the show, which was an incredible luxury for me. Okay, it just <laughs> it was great to be able to to talk in whatever <laughs> state I was in. And people just didn't know, you know. And mm-hmm. so now, uh, because we have a, the streaming platform, and of mm-hmm. course we're doing YouTube and and uh, and all of the other uh, Facebook and all of these things, um, you know, video is the thing. And I remember when there were there sort of the, the whisperings of this happening. Hey, everybody's kind of moving to video, and I'm like, no, 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 just hold on, just <laughs> just hold on to just straight up audio. Let's make audio the best it can be, and like let's just you know. And um, it got you know a lot of our colleagues kind of just started to succumb. Oh, they're doing video. They're doing, and I felt like it was coming closer and closer to us until finally it got us. And we <laughs> it had, got us. It got us. And we had no choice. And so it brings on a whole new thing because I am so used to and so accustomed to not talking to a camera, which we've been doing this for a while, but I just want to, I'm telling you this because uh, right before the program is live, mm-hmm. um, we've got the wonderful, incomparable J-Mac. Yes. Who's like, <clears throat> It's bright over there. What's happening to your face? Like, what's going on with your forehead? Somebody, and and look, the and there's a, the, the light. What, what no, I know it's okay. just it's just everything you know is different every day because of the lighting in the room. Because this is not Fox News. This is you know. And so anyway, it's a joke. But I think it's it's funny because right before we go to air, I'm scrambling mm. because J Mac is a perfectionist. And so he's all about angles and, mm-hmm. you know, not looking like you just smeared a pork chop over your forehead. <laughs> he's like, we got to, right. you know, he's like, I'm I can adjust. Right. I, he's like, I can only, it's like, <laughs> it's like a ship about to go down. 
I can only do what I can do. You know what I mean? And yeah. and everybody's, you know, trying to uh scramble. So anyway, we'll see if he can um if he can lower or lessen the glare on the surface area of my forehead. As I've gotten older, there's more of my forehead to be seen. Which is so interesting. I I never Me ever too. care no babe, that's different. <laughs> The exposure of your forehead is different <laughs> saying, from the exposure of my forehead. I've gotten older, you know? Well. It's more and more. Okay, let's just be honest here. It's not the same thing. No, it's and not. It's not, the, the, you know, it's not the same thing. And, anyways, there are little things, little baby hairs that you take for granted when you're young. And then when you get older and they start to just go away. And now it's just hairline and forehead. And, yeah. and you're like, Wow. <laughs> and now they want to put that on video. Sometimes no hairline. <laughs> <laughs> Just forehead. <laughs> hey. <yeah. sighs> Why do you have to compete with me? Why can't huh? you let me have my mid-40s well, moment? I mean, Why do you know. have to compete with me? This month, I'm going to be 44 years old. I'm already just wow, going baby. ahead and jumping oh, to 44. Baby. 44. You're only three years older than I am. I don't even understand why this is a thing for you that you would, would claim to be so much older. Anyway, um, so today, just mm -hmm. a quick shift, and there's not a neat way to shift into uh, content for today. But my heart is just so burdened by several stories that I read on a regular basis. Um, well, these types of stories. And I don't always... Um, bring them to conversation. There may be times in the past where we've touched on some of these topics and then kind of moved away. And admittedly, I try to, I try to be careful not to, not to upset people unnecessarily. Like yeah, I recognize yeah. in what we do and talking about the issues of the day that there are going to be some people who might say, well, why do you have to talk about that? Or they may feel like we don't do a fair enough job bringing in all perspectives, or maybe we have, oversimplified the content. And that probably, I think, is what um, concerns me most, that, <clears throat> excuse me, people would feel like, well, you've just oversimplified that, that there's mm -hmm. more to it than that. I try to be thoughtful as we talk about um, issues of the day. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think we reach a place where, as Christians, we have really got to live out what we proclaim, Mm. Right. So so when we have conversations about what may be difficult topics in culture, um, the Bible must always be the lens through which we filter those conversations. And so we must be able to look to Scripture. We must be able to ask questions of Scripture and believe, believe that the Bible works. Yes, even in 21st century America. Yeah. And I, I think probably we are at a place where the majority of like what would be. <laughs> The remnant, I think we are here. We're mm -hmm. like, yes, yes, mm -hmm. the word of God. And, and we can see the effects of having, um, having rejected the word of God, right. right? But I think there's still far too many, far too many professing Christians, you know, um, who don't know how to turn to the word of God as authoritative and draw out from the scriptures how... We should live now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think about this, you know, I was thinking about this driving to work, mm -hmm. that the, the word of God is powerful uh, and the word of God is to be applied. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's not 
enough to hear or just to read, we have to apply. You know, James even talks about that. Yes. Not only being a hearer of the word, but being a, a doer of the word. And I think, you know, in the application, we fall short a lot. You know, we may know a lot of things for mm-hmm. scripture. We have, you know, I talked about it yesterday, knowledge. <laughs> you know, we ha- we have that. But the way to apply it, we don't, a lot of times we fail at that. And I always thought if we could apply just what we know, if we yeah. would apply it, man, how much better off would we be? But I, I do agree that, you know, uh, as Christians, like we have to look at the word of God. It's, it is uh, the authority and yeah. it is relevant <laughs> for yeah. all times, you know, yeah. and the yeah. things that we read, you know, we can say as we see things today, man, this word applies to this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, and and we need to go back to the word of God and say what the word says about uh, different things that we see today instead of yes. trying to put other terms on things, you know, to mm-hmm. maybe lessen the blow or, yeah. as, you yeah. know, what does the Bible say about this? And and we've gotten so comfortable doing that. And I, I feel like I may need to give a disclaimer at this point because these three stories that I've pulled uh one I I had read months ago and, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of tabled that because I thought, man, I, I, I kind of want to interview this sister on this topic specifically. But I want to draw in the story that I that grabbed my attention. So this one's a little bit older, but then there are two current event stories. And I probably should say that if you're listening with younger listeners, you may not want them to listen with you because we are going to talk about mental illness and we're going to talk about. Um, suicide and suicide ideation. Um, And so if your kids are too young to be able to process that, and that's a topic that you're not ready to introduce, sorry that I had to say it to tell you, you know, um, then you probably want to occupy them in another place. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if if it's a conversation that your kids, you've, you've had conversations with them, Mm -hmm. then, then stick around. Um, I think, I think you'll be okay. Um, Getting back to the point that you made earlier, Mm -hmm. it is startling to me that as Christians, we have found a way to live um, in a kind of, what's the word I want to use, maybe safe, and I put that in quotes, air quotes, a safe, um, what we perceive to be a safe ignorance of a realm that was clearly laid out or described for us in scripture. Mm. And I don't know what has happened except that every time you have a pendulum swing in within the body of Christ, you have what results in extremes, I think. Right. So, so you have this extreme where you've got people who that's all they want to talk about is they want they want to, they want to live in the unseen realm, right? Mm. They want to live in the unseen Mm -hmm. realm, unseen realm. And everything then becomes a demon or a spirit. And then in in some ways he or she is not responsible for anything because it's all, you know, and so, so then you have that and then you have the other extreme. So then people come back from that and they're like, okay, maybe that's not biblical. Maybe we have taken this and we've run in a direction that's not prescriptive in the scriptures. Uh, And so then people pull back, but the correction tends to always be an overcorrection where they Mm. go so far to the other side that it becomes inconvenient for them to even acknowledge what was clearly communicated to the church that we do um, live in a world that consists of an unseen realm. That is just a fact. We are affected 
by this realm that we don't see. Mm. That is just a fact. Like, I, I don't understand how we are so much smarter than the Apostle Paul. (laughs) <laughs> and and so much more developed and advanced than Jesus, who actually recognized and identified <laughs> when things were happening that was like of this unseen realm. And, and, and for some reason, we find ourselves in a place where we're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be more sophisticated than mm-hmm. Jesus. I'm, I am not going to even think that demons can possess people. And I am certainly not going to be on guard against that. I am not going to be praying about those things. I am not going to warn our kids about those things. We're not going to, we're just, and and those passages, when we come across Mm -hmm. them in scripture, we're just read real fast. You know, I think some of it is, you know, just an avoidance and some of it is a superstitious nature. Like Uh you don't talk about it. You know, it it won't, those things don't happen. You know, I think it's both. I think, and I think it's fear. I think it's yeah. fear, you know, but even with that, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Like we, that the, Jesus's power over the enemy is yes. still the same as when he walked on this earth. Like, Amen. That's it, so good. And when he cast out demons, when he mm-hmm. healed the sick, all the things he, like his power is still uh, uh, available today. So yes. I, we don't have to be afraid, but I think, you know, maybe because of our, you know, being given over to like entertainment and seeing things on movies and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It has mm-hmm. trained our minds and our, our thinking to be, uh, you know, desensitized. Like you just kind of yeah. like, ah, you know. You know, speaking of Jesus, I think it's so important to to also note that when you read scripture and you look at how Jesus operated. Um, mm-hmm. And indeed, you see this in the apostles as well. Mm-hmm. Not everything that they encountered mm-hmm. was a demon. Right. Sometimes right. people were sick and Jesus healed them right. of that sickness. Sometimes they were sick as a result of a demonic affliction, right. as a result of a demonic presence. Right. Sometimes it was just straight up demon possession. Right. And you see all of that represented in scripture, which I think puts us on good solid ground to pray when we encounter any situation that we might know what God's will is, that we might know how we are to approach this. But certainly what we don't want to be guilty of is going into any situation backed by either extreme. Oh, everything is a demon or it's clearly not. It's clearly. So we would avoid those things if we stuck close to the script and, and sought to discern and to live faithfully to the Lord Jesus Christ. So on the other side of the break, I want to bring in these three stories and then we'll go to the word of God and just have a conversation. The question is, Are we ready to discuss the real battle? We'll pick up with this. Stay close. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Fred Hammond with Give Me a Clean Heart. So the conversation is, are we ready to to discuss the real battles that we face? Like, so often we have things that um, we just honestly, we're just more comfortable talking about the medical side of things. We're mm-hmm. more comfortable talking about um, what 
aids we might be able to to take, you know, to, to help us with things that in some instances they may be more spiritual than they are medical. They yeah. may be more spiritual yeah. than they are social. And we are unwilling to explore those things because that's honestly, let's just be real. It's more it's a more difficult conversation. Um, it really requires the believer pressing in a little more than we may be willing to do. Like, mm. what, what do I mean by that? Well, if somebody is afflicted by something ongoingly, right, and there is even the talk of, well, what if you pray with them and fast with them? Like, oh, no, 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 that's not it. Is mm. there, is there, I mean, there's a new, there's a new, you know, regimen that this person can take and, and they can do this and, and it's supposed to help brighten them and cheer them. And, and, but, okay, but what if this depression, what if it's spiritual in nature? What if this chronic depression yeah. is spiritual in nature? What, what if there is a type of torment that is present that we have elected to ignore because it just takes too much work? Like, it's just, you know, this, t- in my opinion, in my opinion, this is what it's like to live below the standard that, that God has for us, right? Like there is so much that Jesus Christ died to secure for us. That is access to God. That is to walk in, in the confident protection that is his covering of us, right? To know that we live in this world and there's a, there's a realm that we can't see, but we're not living in this world with this realm that we can't see in our own strength. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how, un- guys, that just is not, it wouldn't be fair in, by any stretch of the imagination for us to have to wage war on our own. Do you understand? And this is why I get, mm-hmm. I get upset. I, I, I think you never, ever want to consider the enemy of our soul as some sort of like that old devil. <laughs> I, I really, really don't like that um, because it, it kind of like treats it like just a schoolyard bully. Well, one day, you know, and we don't No, we are talking about a formidable enemy. We are talking about so bold is this enemy that he doesn't have to tailor his attacks on humanity. Mm. Right. Like it's just the same ones that have worked since the garden. Right. right. Do you understand what I'm saying? All of the attacks fall into one of three categories. Lust mm-hmm. of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride, pride of, of life. life. So like I was saying the other day, you know, the enemy, like you're not you're not even special enough that here's a uniquely tailored attack. No, it's just the it's the ones that are common. You, well, how do you know that? Because First Corinthians ten thirteen mm. tells us that yeah that there is no temptation except that which is common <laughs> to man. Mm-hmm. So that means that every attack that you face, where you are tempted, where there are things that are that are coming to coming against you, these things are not new and uniquely tailored for you. No, they're just for mankind. They're <laughs> just and they work. So right. why would you revamp them? Right. 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 So what we have to do is we have to be steeped in God's word. We have to understand where this battle is taking place. And my my heart's cry, and people understand this in the way that we conduct the program, is to equip parents and grandparents to be able to disciple their kids to recognize this as well. Because in the same way that we, as adult Christians are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Same. Our children. young That's adult right. Christians are also There's not no, wrestling. No, no junior demons, no junior. Come on. You know, like the same uh, uh, forces are coming against them as well. Man, I was reading this article. Um, this is from April of last year. It's talking about the growing mental health crisis. And then I'll get into some of the articles that um, I guess um, – uh, exemplify this or, or, or demonstrate or illustrate that there is a growing mental health uh, crisis. 
and even as I say that, I want you guys to understand, like I, I want our listeners to understand that I don't in any way mean this to sound dismissive, mm -hmm. but I do mean it to sound like a, hey, come on, re remember what Jesus told us. Remember what has been said to the church by the spirit of God through the apostles that we really are in a battle. And if if we don't see that, then we won't fight well because mm -hmm. we won't show up where the fight is. Yeah. Right. We just kind of like are fighting where there isn't one, if you mm -hmm. will. So so here we go. A growing number of American adults are struggling with some type of mental illness with each passing year. In 2019 alone, almost 20 percent of the United States population is nearly 50 million people were diagnosed with a mental illness. That figure was from data gathered before COVID-19 <sighs> began to thrust an entire new set of stressors on the American population. So now if you can think about where we are now and you can think about how we have seen mental illness grow, I think one of the reasons I'm going to tell you, I think one of the reasons we have seen mental illness grow and I'm not trying to lay everything at the doorstep of the church. I'm really not. But I think one of the reasons we've seen an increase in mental illness, especially as portrayed in these acts of violence and these, these fits of rage, these, these outbursts that we see happening where mm. um, there's a blatant disregard for life. And then we say, but, but that's a, that's a mental illness, right? Um, I think one of the reasons that we have seen this in increase is because the church stopped showing up to recognize the spiritual implications of what's happening. Wow. So we are no longer praying. We are no longer crying out to Jesus. Oh, These demons are no longer being exposed. Like it's now it's we found a, a comfortable, mutually agreed upon way to describe it, which honestly is not intimidating to these forces. Mm. Like it's, it's not that's not a, it's not a threat to a demon for you to medicalize its presence. Do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. not anyway. All right. So that's part so, of the trick. That's part of the success of, you know, what was going on is that I it's, think so. It's been seen in a lot of ways as just that when it's more to it. Yeah. yeah. You know, look, um, discernment is required in this moment. Discernment is required in this moment. And I know that that sounds like this sort of, um, you know, intangible word that many people are struggling with. They're trying to understand, well, what is discernment and how can I have it? Well, the Bible teaches us very clearly in Hebrews that your discernment increases, your ability to know good from evil increases by way of use of the word of God. Mm. So if you want to be more discerning, yeah. read the Bible more. Mm. I mean, I know that seems like overly simplistic, but that's what the Bible says. So like, if you want to be discerning, if you want to be able to know good from evil, if, if you want to discern then have your senses trained <clears throat> excuse me by constant use of mm -hmm. the word of god yeah that's that's what the hebrew writer said all right now to these articles here and then we'll look at scripture all right a grieving um massachusetts father this is a christian post article indeed i think all three of these are uh, a grieving massachusetts father has asked the public to forgive his wife after she allegedly killed their three young children and attempted to take her own life in their family home, as experts suggest she might have been suffering from postpartum psychosis. Um, okay. Police received a 911 call from the father, Patrick Clancy, around 6.10 p.m. on January 24th, reporting that his wife, Lindsay Clancy, 32, a labor and delivery nurse at Massachusetts General Hospital, had jumped out of a window at her home in Duxbury in a suicide attempt. Again, let me give a disclaimer if you're listening with your kids. 
Um, there are other stories that I'm going to bring in, probably not suitable for young, young listeners. Okay. Lindsay Clancy tried to take her life after strangling her three children. Mm. Cora, age five. Dawson, age three. And eight-month-old Callan, who wow. died in a local hospital. Okay. The murders, I'm going to continue reading here. The murders have triggered a significant reaction from neighbors and well-wishers, including hundreds that gathered for a prayer vigil at the Holy Family Church. While his wife is facing at least two counts of murder along with other charges, Patrick Clancy urged the public to forgive her in a statement shared on a GoFundMe campaign that has raised nearly a million dollars to help him and his family. Quote, I want to ask all of you that you find it deep within yourselves to forgive Lindsay as I have. And this is really interesting to me. The real Lindsay was generously loving and caring towards everyone, me, our kids, family, friends, and her patients. The very fibers of her soul are loving. All I wish for her now is that she can somehow find peace, end quote. Um, the details of this story are, in my opinion, very gruesome and difficult to, to talk about, right? Because you read this and you think, on the one hand, and, and as I understand from reading the entirety of this article, she was in treatment for postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And the husband began to work from home so that he could be there to help and, and to, you know, to give oversight. He left for 25 minutes to go pick up takeout and came back home and discovered this. <laughs> now, again, you know, at some point we like, why is it that the mental illness always has this element of harm to oneself or others? Mm. Okay. This, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. I'm thinking of, you know, the father who had a son that mm -hmm. was demon possessed and the son was always trying to harm himself. And yeah. the father had to get between the son and the fire so that he wouldn't throw himself into the fire and, and all of these things. And, you know, we have these other these other videos that that come to prominence that you know get circulated where you've got these people who clearly there's something not right but but the the manifestation of the not rightness excuse me is harm to oneself or others mm. right like this 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 there is something that yeah. is going on yes. that even and I'm going to say this guys and I want to be very careful here yeah. even if you have chemical evidence for an imbalance, we need to ask questions about how these dark forces would be working in tandem with that reality. Yeah. The, that is a reality. But if we don't stop and say, okay, but what else is at work that's working alongside that what we see? Mm-hmm. We have the test results. We can look at the blood work. We can see that there really is a hormonal or a chemical imbalance. Like we, we know that that is a fact. We can see that. But the question needs to go a step further. And we need to ask, okay, so are there any other dark forces that may be at work with that fact? Mm -hmm. with, because that's also a fact. Right. These dark forces, and they're showing up, right? They're, and, and this is what I try to get people to understand. And, and, and indeed, I've been on this a lot lately. The enemy of our souls is not merciful. 
<laughs> so if you do have people who have a chemical imbalance or you do have people who are struggling with their thoughts and, and, and having their minds renewed, right, which is why Romans 12, 1 and 2 are so important, having your mind renewed. If you really do have that going on in your sphere where there are people around you who are struggling with this, you have to recognize that it weakens them and makes them susceptible to an unmerciful attacker. Mm. So you don't just take that and say, well, it's a mental illness. And so let's and just back away and then right. leave it there. Man, It's like it's like what you have identified yeah. is you have identified almost think about it. You've identified someone who someone who's very vulnerable to dark forces. Yeah. So yeah. what you're not going to do is just give them a pill and then say, OK, now there you go. No. So now and even if even if you are administering something to bring their chemical balance yeah. back into alignment, whatever you call it, even if you are doing that. Is that is that meant to be the one place that we look for a solution to what ails people? We as right. Christians, I'm talking to. Right, right, right. And, you know, the thing is, you mentioned the, the the scripture of the man with the son. You know that nobody could go in. in well, it, well, there was a demon. There was demon possessed men. This is a different situation. And nobody could go into the region that they were in because there was they were violent. Come on. And so people had to go way around the town to get to where they were going to because uh-huh. they couldn't go straight through. So they had made accommodations for the demons. Like, Come on. So they were like, no, we, we can't deal with this. You know, so we're going to go around. We're going to inconvenience ourselves to the uh-huh. point that, man, we got to just let them do what they do. And I think that's the same thing we do when we say, okay, it's just a, it's just a mental illness, you know, or that stop there. You know, right. and not exactly ask the right. questions that you're you're talking about asking like, wait, well, hold on. Let's let's press a little further. And, and that's what we are allowing to happen when we do that. The question then becomes, do we have a remedy in the word of God? Is God's word powerful? You know, and as you were just um, talking about the account of, of you know, this these violent areas, OK, mm-hmm. where people could not go into these areas. I mean, look, <laughs> we, we have, have that, that in America. We have that in America. OK, we, we have. <laughs> overwhelming violence in some of our like and you know not to go there don't go down there don't stop at the red light you got to go through like what is that and (laughs) and here's what we do we just adjust we adjust we say okay so there there are no principalities right when the bible says that there are there are no demons assigned to regions when the Bible says that there are, and the Bible actually records these demons saying, don't send us from this region. Like mm, this is where this is, we've been time. assigned to this place. Mm. Like let us, you know, but here's the thing. Wow. When that doesn't fit into our clean, neat little man. Jesus saved me in the sweet man. by and by, I'll be with him forever. Lord. Then we get to ignore that. Mm. But, but, but how underserved are we and our children when we don't equip them with the full counsel of God's word, that when we're looking at what's happening with our children, so many parents right now, guys, lean in, lean in. So many parents right now are walking through and struggling with kids who have anxiety and depression and suicide ideation. So many parents are struggling with this right now and they are looking for a solution outside of God's word. Because it's been normalized in our culture 
you've got kids who are able to like self-diagnose. Like they can they can tell you, yeah, I struggle with social anxiety and depression. They 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 are saying this about themselves. And so rather than seeking the freedom that is available to them in Christ, recognizing that they're not wrestling against flesh and blood, right? It's not just anxiety. Like the Bible says, don't be anxious. The Bible says, don't be anxious, but we have normalized anxiety in our culture as sort of like a natural, like the natural maturing process. Like this is how, this is how kids grow up in America now. They're just anxious. Can we see now how the enemy is at work in this? And then furthermore, what are we going to do about it? We'll be right back. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, these men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Mm -hmm. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. You know, it's interesting. I think so many people live and see these kinds of accounts as they also see the gifts that the spirit gives to the bride Mm. as only happening in that first century as if so like demonic possession and oppression and all of those things those were merely um illustrative tools to show you what could happen but in 21st century america you don't have the gifts because you don't have these kinds of attacks and then you go like, where find you that in scripture? Right. <laughs> where find you that? Right. Like, tell me, take me to that. Right. Okay. Cause, cause then we all want that hope that we're not under attack, that we're not <laughs> wrestling against these forces that are in a realm that we cannot see. The Bible is very, very clear about this. Mm. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will Nell's Believers by Path of Revelation. All right. So here's another article. Um, a missionary couple from uh, York County, Pennsylvania were found dead at their home along with their 26-year-old daughter and what local police say is the result of a tragic suicide pact triggered by their daughter's struggle with, again, mental illness. Mental illness. Okay. Investigators said mental illness also likely played a role in the parents' decision to die with their daughter. I, you know. All right. The couple, James A. Daub, 62, Deborah A. Daub, 59, and their daughter, Morgan E. Daub, 26, were found dead around 11.15 a.m. in their backyard in West Manchester Township, uh, police told Penn Live. A neighbor reportedly called 911 after discovering their bodies. The lead detective in the case, Timothy Fink, told York Dispatch in a statement that each member of the family left behind notes in their own, in their own handwriting explaining why they chose to die. Documents, quote, um, and this is a quote in the article, detailed that Morgan had told her mother that she was having auditory hallucinations Mm. which were not getting any better in quote okay so auditory hallucinations means she was hearing voices right okay now 
if you don't read God's word, okay, then you can, you can safely and comfortably, I say safely to make a point here, but you can dismiss this as just a mental illness. But if you believe God's word, like for example, if you believe, um, second Corinthians chapter 10, I'll start at verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are <laughs> destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So why is it important that we recognize that though we live in the flesh, we are not waging war like we're in the flesh. These are not just fleshly happenings. That's right. That's right. Like, like, why is why is that important? Why, why, why do we have this military language that's that's employed by the Apostle Paul? Like, why? Because what we are dealing with happens in a realm that is very much organized like a, like a dark military. Mm. And I, I wish that we could understand that. And I wish I greatly wish that we could equip our kids to understand that. Mm. So you've got a missionary family in Pennsylvania. That believe it is better to die with your daughter because she is afflicted. She is tormented, right? Then, and, and I, look, I want to be careful because I, I want to be sensitive, but we are not left to ourselves. We, we are not left alone. It, it, Jesus said that he was going away and he said that it was good that he was going away because he was going to send the comforter. He said he wouldn't leave us as orphans. Mm. You know, it really bothers me that people, even among Christians, people want us to behave as if we are orphans. Like we've just been left in this world without aid, without hope. Like, and Jesus said that he was sending the Holy Spirit. He was sending the Holy Spirit so that we would not be alone. Now, why is that important? I mean, if we're just living in the world that we see. And if and if it's just, you know, according to our senses, you know, our five senses, then then we don't need to have the advantage. Hmm. We don't need the paraclete. We don't we don't need the one who comes alongside to give vital aid, by the way. Parakletos is the Greek word there. And that's what it means. One who comes alongside to give vital aid, Mm. meaning vital, necessary. Right. Can't can't make it without it. That's right. Right. Like you're checking somebody's vital signs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on, man. Man. But we, I'm going to tell you, sometimes we live in a world where we are so desperate to be respected by the people in this world that when we talk about things like this, we're concerned that it might diminish our standing mm. in their eyes, right? Because like sane people, educated people don't talk about a realm that you cannot see. <laughs> well, I want to suggest to you very strongly, yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. Okay. We recognize that there is a realm that we do not see because we were told that there is a realm that we do not see. And he, and, and it wasn't said that it was just for the first century that this applied oh, to. You know, come that on. The first century, y'all need to put on a full arm of God. You know, uh, <laughs> you know the, the weapons of your warfare, first century church, are not coming. Come on. Come you know, on. No, this is for us today. Today. In Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, we're so familiar with this Um you know, but in a, in a sense, not really. Hmm. We're so familiar, but in a sense, not really. Ephesians chapter six, I'm going to start at verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, 
Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. Therefore, having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer. Prayer is a part of the armor people. Mm. I wish we would include that on a more regular basis. Of course, I don't know how you put that in like a uniform, but here we go. (laughs) With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And then right after that, the Apostle Paul says, pray for me also that I might declare the gospel as boldly as I should. Mm. Like this, <laughs> this is a real battle that we are in. This is not just some poetic expression that we memorize to help us make sense of the devil. Listen, you know, in Hebrews, the Bible describes the angels or the messengers as innumerable innumerable elsewhere the bible describes that satan fell and a third of the angels fell with him so let me just say this i'm no mathematician but a third of an innumerable number is still an innumerable number okay like a third of an innumerable because if it's a you can't really count it so a third of that is still a lot right and we often make the mistake and i want to say this i want to be very very clear here Unfortunately, well-meaning Christians make the abhorrent mistake of thinking that Satan is God's equal opposite. Absolutely not. (laughs) Right. Absolutely not. He is a created being, right? Very real, exists, and is tormenting people today. There are demons that are assigned to different areas that are at work. And please understand that I am sane enough to recognize that there are people who will think I'm insane, that I'm saying this. (laughs) All I'm telling you is what I read in scripture. Mm -hmm. All I'm telling you is that one of the great deceptions of the enemy, well, there's several great deceptions of the enemy. One of them is to convince people that he doesn't exist, Mm -hmm. that everything is just based on what you can touch, what you can see, what you can taste, that it's, it's just your five senses. And that's it. When God says, no, there's actually more. There's a realm that you don't see. It is it is this realm where the battle is fierce and we don't show up because we've been convinced that it doesn't exist or or we are convinced that Satan is equal and opposite to God. So so we're like, we don't understand the authority that God has over all of his creation. He alone is God. He is the sovereign one. So what do we have to teach our kids? We have to teach our kids that, yes, there is a battle and a realm that we cannot see, but we are not afraid, right? Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Now, listen, we memorize these scriptures, but we don't think about the implication of those scriptures. Like, we don't think about what that Mm -hmm. actually means. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, we are far too comfortable to accept what our eyes see and try to explain things away in a way that fits into medical journals. Okay, we if we can systematize this according to a, a, a high standard in the medical community to be recognized there, to be able to, you know, cross the T's and dot the I's, then, then we're comfortable living in that space. Mm. But what I am telling you is that we cannot ignore this realm 
that continues to present itself. Right. Okay, so here's the third and final story here. All right. And this is the account of Pastor, the late Pastor Andrew Stecklin, who committed suicide in 2018. And his wife has written a book about um, this battle and about walking through this um, mental illness with her husband. He became the pastor of a mega mega church in uh, Chino, California. And he uh, took over the church after his father died of cancer. And in this new book, which is why even though he committed suicide in 2018, the story is kind of relevant today because the wife um, wrote a book and talking about walking through this with her late husband, Andrew. And I was reading an article that kind of outlines the kinds of things that she walked through with him. And, and what I found really interesting was that in this article, she is she is recalling that he struggled with depression and he struggled with anxiety but she also doesn't shy away from the things that she couldn't explain by our common terms, mm. that there was actually spiritual warfare. Now, listen to this. So the name of the book is Fear Gone Wild, a story of mental illness, suicide and hope through loss. So in this book, she outlines how in 2011, she and her husband were getting ready to celebrate their one year anniversary. And there she was. Her husband was in the shower and she heard screaming coming from the shower. Okay. She goes into the shower and her husband is her late husband is in the fetal position crying out about these creatures that have come to torment him. Mm. Now, all of this is before he actually commits suicide, takes his own life. Right. But that's not the only time. There's another time where she's sitting on the front porch and she's watching their kids play and she gets a text message from her husband who was supposed to be inside the home preparing for preparing for his Sunday message. He sends her a text message saying that there are five creatures in here now as I'm as I'm trying to prepare this message, but I'm praying I could use your prayers. Mm -hmm. So she bolts up. She runs into the house, into the house. Now, listen, when we read things like this, we're just like, oh, my goodness, that is so wild. It just seems so like not plausible. But you know what deals with our plausibility argument and the questions that we have that surround this? The authoritative word of God. Amen. Like when we when we're in situations where we're like, that's just so unbelievable. Do you think that it's possible that God anticipates our disbelief? Like we're an unbelieving people, right? We, <laughs> we don't know. So he not only left us a record, but left us an encouragement and left us a witness indwelling the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to be very clear here. When we look at these things and they are increasing Look, guys, the, the violence and the lawlessness yeah. that's in our streets, we cannot keep calling this a law enforcement problem or a social justice problem. We can't keep calling this, you know, all of the things that we just we want to be comfortable with that aspect of it. At some point, we Bible believing Christians have got to, so to speak, rush into the darkness with the truth. We've got to rush into the darkness that says you know, this is not just a natural occurrence. Mm -hmm. This kind of pervasive lawlessness, this blatant disregard for life. I mean, it's on repeat. That, Man, this, right. <laughs> this is not this is not just a natural occurrence. Right. Now, what's going to be the benefit of our doing this? Number one, you are going to wage war better because you will fast and you will pray. And you will walk through with people who are bothered, who are disturbed, who maybe there is a chemical imbalance, 
but that has weakened them and now made them susceptible to these dark forces. You're going to undertake to learn if that's true. Mm. We can't we can't just medicalize everything. We can't ignore our children who are under attack mm -hmm. in this culture today. We can't look for the low hanging fruit that allows us to sort of, you know, not put in the work, not pray, not fast, not intercede, not stand in the gap for those among us. How many more of these stories, even within the Christian community, are we going to engage with and just kind of shake our head and be like, mm, that's a shame mm. or even throw out a man, that's evil. No, but the Lord has given us tools. They are in his word. They are in his word. Oh, let us be found reading it and taking it seriously. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.